buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Twin Port Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here from Remax. Um, I am from Remax now down in Punta Gorda, Florida, and uh, Gary, of course, still up in the Twin Port selling in Duluth and Syria. Gary, good afternoon. How are you? Well, happy Memorial Day weekend, Jim and everybody. I mean, it's uh, it's our first major holiday. It's supposed to be, um, I, maybe it's not supposed to be warm, but it would be nice if it was warm, but... We're having some really wild weather this week. I mean, you're talking about a couple of days on Thursday and Friday when it was in the, they put freeze warnings out up here and uh, wow. the wind coming off the lake was pretty wild. So um, didn't even break 50 degrees there for a couple of days in a row. Wow. It's kind of wild when you go from 80s above to the next day, it's 50s, you know, or, or worse. Well, it's incredible. I mean, you get that nice, humid southwest wind, and then the next day it's coming off the east, blowing like mad, and uh, (laughs) just part of what goes on up here in the Twin Ports that we have to deal with, but it is what it is. So, uh, Jim, a a couple of things going on in the marketplace that I really want to talk about, I've been wanting to talk about, and I think they're important to people. Uh, And I don't think people really recognize this when they walk into a house. I think, you know, the average person walking into a house – you know, they they just don't get into the number of houses that we get into. And quite frankly, right. I think some of the real estate agents out there, they just don't understand, you know, the houses and what they're all about for the most part. <clears throat> you know, there's some skilled agents out there. Don't get me wrong. But but I would, you know, with 500 agents, not all of them really, really know the, you know, what to look for in a house, things, red flags, that type of stuff. <clears throat> One of the things that I've been noticing recently is uh, the basement foundations. And, you know, when, when we're dealing with a house in a foundation, there's, there are a number of houses, and there's a certain percentage of houses up here, Jim, that were built in the late 1800s. And we have some Absolutely. of these houses that are up in this marketplace that, you know, they've been around a long time. When you're looking at a house that's that age, one of the things you have to be tuned into is um, the uh, what type of foundation that you're dealing with and uh, uh, you know stone foundations um, in these older homes you have um, uh, some of them are rock you know when they built these houses back in the late 1800s there certainly wasn't the building codes that exist today and 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 one of the things I see in these houses that were built with this old stone uh, some of it uh, what I call you know Lake Superior rock cobblestones, you know, what have you, you will start to see some of the mortar that they put in between the rocks and the stones and the what have you, and it starts yeah. to deteriorate, Jim. Right, right. And you you can actually walk up to these basement foundation walls and you can, like, you know, run your finger across them, and it, the uh, the mortar, you can kind of dig it out with your fingernail. It's that bad. So I've been in a couple of these houses this this, uh, this past week, actually, and I, I thought this is a, a pretty good time to remind people about this because, you know, when you go into basements, if somebody hasn't moved their shelving away or, you know, there's things covering, you can't see the whole foundation wall. Sometimes you got to look a little bit deeper. And uh, I just happened to do that at one of the, these houses. I have my trusty little flashlight with me. And right. 
I'm looking at this. This it was almost like it was a cobblestone block in this one particular basement. And I'm like, holy cow, man! All that mortar is gone on this back side of the wall. And you know, I just moved this shelf away from the foundation a little bit, and I I just stuck my finger in. It's one of the worst ones I had ever seen, where I could stick my finger in there. I'm like, I'm pulling out sand. I mean, this is just like a real sandy like material. And, uh, you know, I just looked at the buyer. I let the buyer look at it. And uh, even she said, oh, yeah, no, I'm not interested. We can leave. <laughs> right. And, yeah. And so I think these foundations, Jim, I think, you know, you got to pay a little bit closer attention to them when you have these houses that were built in the late 1800s. And that got me thinking, are you aware of any houses that have that type of history down in Florida, are you? Do you see any houses that were built, you know, back in the mm-hmm. late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, even? Well, not around here. Um, well, actually, I shouldn't say that. There are there are houses in downtown Punta Gorda, which is like the old, um, the old portion of town, which is right on the Peace River, which flows out into the uh, um, into the Gulf of Mexico. Um, those there's a couple of historic houses and things. Oh, not a couple. There's several. Um, I haven't been any of them yet. Uh, I wouldn't think that many, if any, have any basements. Um, that's just not what they do down here. Um, but the age of that house, yes. And then if you go into Fort Myers, um, you know, the original the original kind of area um, where Fort Myers started, um, yeah, you can see the same kind of age on, on some of those houses. As a matter of fact, um, Fort Myers has a has a museum um, which is the um, it's the Ford and um, Edison Museum and uh, Henry Ford and uh, and Mr. Edison were neighbors down here uh, in their kind of off sieve and this was their retreat and uh, Edison had quite a lab and, and for, I mean, it's just amazing those houses are in that age group maybe not quite that old but um, um, you know, so yeah, there are some old houses, but again, I've I've not I've not seen a basement yet. Well, you've certainly seen your share of basements up in this marketplace, so you oh, yes. can relate to what I'm talking about here. And well, you know, you were what you were talking about. I, I don't mean to interrupt, but you know, I think what you're talking about is the reason why so many basement system businesses are such a success in Northland. Um, and in the Twin Cities, um, you know, because I've seen them uh, advertising down there too, and I'm down in the cities. So, yeah, it, it, it tells you that um, there's a lot of old, old, old infrastructure in these basements um, that needs to be looked at. Well, it is, and it's just something to be aware of, folks, when you're going in these houses, or if you know somebody that's that's looking at a house, especially somebody that's you know inexperienced and just wants to buy a house. You got to try to protect them. You got to at least have a basic understanding of of what it is you're looking at and and some of these things that that are red flags, you know, when people are buying a house. And so pointing that out to people and just like I said being aware of it, taking notice of it, I think it's really important because the last thing you want to deal with when you get into a house is big problems. And when you talk about the experience of the agents, I think that's a very very keen point. Um, because, you know, not a lot of the, the newbies or, you know, people who aren't, you know, as experienced, um, have a difficult time identifying a lot of these problems, not only, not only basement problems, but other problems that you and I might see as obvious. Um, so I think it behooves people to, to choose the right professional too, uh, whether they're buying or selling, uh, because we can point out a lot of things to people before they make an offer and before they get the home inspection and then find it out, you know. 
at that point. Yeah, I think those are important things, you know, and, and one of the other things as you get into the house of that era, uh, you know, the wiring, you know, some of the old wiring in these houses yeah. were called knob and tube wiring. And so, you know, if, if, and some of that still certainly exists today, but not a lot of it. And, you know, if you see it, you got to, you know, try to figure out, is it active? Is, do they still use it? Um, uh, you know, so those types of things. So just something to be aware of and, and, and pay attention to. Um, the other thing in, in these basements, Jim, that if we're in a real dry time or in the, in the, you know, going into the winter when the ground freezes and no water really moves throughout the ground, um, you can notice uh, whether or not a basement has had water in it. I mean, the water leaves tra- tracks, and there could be, you know, little, uh, uh, it could be not muddy, but you could have dirt down there to where the water comes in. So uh, unless somebody has painted their basement to put their house on the market, you know, you can see if there's if there's water mm-hmm. coming in. And so, um, uh, you know, and, and some, of these, some of these properties as well, they don't even have basements, they have crawl spaces. And so what does a crawl space look like? you know, and uh, trying to understand that type of stuff. So good information, Jim. What's that? I said, this is good information for people. It is. It's very good information. And, you know, if you're in your current house, if you think you have suspicions about, you know, um, something going on in your basement or in your foundation, this is not a thing to wait on. Right, Gary? I mean, it is a, it's a thing to get people to look at and just to make sure um, that uh, if there is some repairs that they're made, because when you do turn around to sell your house, it's going to have an impact on the value and on the probably ultimate sale price. Absolutely. Or you may not even want to go forward with the purchasing of it, you know, if you have, if right. you recognize those types of problems, because ultimately if you miss it or your agent misses it and you like the house and you put an offering on it and then you do the inspection and you end up canceling that, you've just cost yourself a, a couple hundred bucks for an inspection. Jim, we oh, got to yeah. take a short break here. You've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show right here on KDL 610 AM this Memorial Day weekend. And Jim and Gary will be right back. Welcome back, everybody, to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim and Gary here uh, every Saturday from 12 to 1. Today we have a shortened show, actually, because the twins will be on. Uh, so we're here for 30 minutes with you and uh, trying to bring you the best information in the Twin Ports, real estate-wise. Gary, Jim but from Florida. before you move on, we should probably give out our phone number. Yeah, you folks, if you have a question on real estate, um, you can reach me up here in the Twin Ports at 218-390-0615. And if you want to reach me down in Florida here, uh, 218-348-7653. And uh, although I'm in Punta Gorda, Florida, I know kind of a lot of realtors over the whole southwest area of the state. So uh, if you want a resource for um, you know, a particular area, you can give me a call there and I can help you out as well. Jim, last week we were talking about real estate and lawsuits and companies soon, who, what, and where, and all that type of stuff. And uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that Remax has never sued anybody. They've never right, been in a yeah. lawsuit. And guess what? Guess what happened last week? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Remax Corporate, uh, based in Denver, Colorado, filed a lawsuit against a um, uh, what they call e- EXP Realty, right. and uh, that's an upstart real estate company that's been in the, in existence for a few years. And they're accusing that firm of interfering with existing REMAX franchise contracts. And basically what it means is that this company is going around to REMAX 
franchises in certain regions of this country, and they're asking them to cancel their contract with the Remax franchise and join the EXP Realty franchise. And, uh, you know, with with these franchise contracts that we have, uh, you know, they're in effect for several years. And so, uh, you know, Remax Corporate has said, you know, this this is starting to happen with frequency, with frequency and we're not going to stand by and let it happen. And so they filed a lawsuit against this EXP Realty and accused them of intentionally going in and having people try to abandon their franchise contracts that right. Remax has with their franchisees across the country. Yeah, it, it's quite interesting. And I, I don't understand. I, I'm not really boiled down to the very um, um, the deepest part of this lawsuit. Um, I, I would think that even if somebody wants to abandon that kind of a franchise contract, there would be huge penalties to pay. Well, you know, if when we have a contract have, with so somebody... It's very you, interesting, but go ahead. No, when we have a contract with somebody, you know, why do we have contracts? Right, exactly. I mean, are they enforceable? You know, I mean, we rewrite purchase agreements on houses, and, you know, there are times when people, you know, once they've done their inspections and we're in a pending status, they call up and say they don't want to buy the house and they want to just quit and get out of the contract. Sometimes it's just not that easy. And so this is a very similar situation to where you have these franchisees that are under contract. They've paid money for these uh, uh, franchises, and uh, they're obligated to the Remax corporate, you know, for a certain number of years to pay these annual franchises fees. And uh, and so these this company comes along and says, hey, cancel your contract. I mean, that would be like me going up and, and saying to, you know, somebody at another real estate company up here locally, uh, going to their sellers, for example, and say, hey, why don't you cancel your listing contract with who you are and come with us? And that's really illegal. Right. I mean, you really can't do that stuff. So uh, this will be something interesting to watch to see how this plays out you know once this uh they get a ruling on this but they've they've um they've got case uh case studies on this stuff and so how a court actually interprets this and what decision they ultimately make will be very interesting yeah it's kind of you know it's kind of like um what mom used to tell us gary go out there and play nice with the others and uh apparently the exp company model (laughs) isn't doing it right now so we'll see what happens. Well, we'll keep an eye on this one, and we'll bring this uh, information to you and uh, uh, let you know ultimately what happens. Jim, um, Gary, I t- want to mention one thing, and it's sports-related. I am just so proud of the Minnesota Wild coming back from a 3-1 deficit. Um, to uh, and, and we're recording this on Thursday to come back and enforce a Game 7. I'm very excited about that. So I have to put it out there because... I love it. Well, by the time this show airs on Saturday, we'll know the outcome of that game. And but I agree with you to see the way the Wild played um, in in these past two games against the uh, uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights, uh, pretty inspiring. And uh, we got a yeah. heck of a hockey team here with the Wild this year. And uh, boy, oh boy, um, I um, got my fingers crossed they're going to pull off a of Game Seven. But yeah. I'm going to give you I mean, a little they, statistic. They got, they, got to, they got to play better than they did in games two, three, and four. That's for sure. Well, here's a little statistic. And this goes across all sports. If the team wins, if the team that wins game six, they have a very high percentage, and I think it was like 72% of the time, they're going to win game seven. There you go. So whether or not that holds true, I don't know. But, but just a, a little uh, percentage there for you, Jim. Jim, well, well, it's about time the, the Wild can get out of that first round. 
So, what's one of the biggest uh, things that people ask for or look for in housing today? One of their, I would say, one of their top three. Uh, we need this in a house. Got to have it. Okay, are you talking in the house itself or things that serve the house? Well, in the house serves the house. I think, yeah. You okay. Bet. Oh, well, my, my one of my number top three would be would be good internet service. Obviously, that's what this article um, is but about. If you're talk- okay, it's internet. Am I right? Then? And yeah, you're right. I mean, this okay. is one of the top things that people look for in housing is the internet speeds. And uh, we all know how the internet speeds can differ from where you go. I mean, if you live rural, for example, you know, um, you're going to have a little bit of an issue with deciding who you want for your internet service because you know as you're in the inner city here up in the twin ports you know obviously you know you know for high-speed internet it's it's basically spectrum and it's it's i would say very reliable but as you get out into the rural areas it gets a little bit more eh, you know who's going to give us the, the best service and the best speed you know but in any event the top 10 metro areas with the fastest internet speeds are these and i'm going to go from number 10 down number 10 is houston texas Number nine is Las Vegas, Nevada. Number eight is Dallas, Fort Worth. Number seven is San Antonio. Number six is Baltimore. Number five is Boston. Number four is New York City. Number three, San Francisco. Number two is Philadelphia. And what do you think is the number one metro area with the fastest internet speed in the country? I'll go with uh, um, Chicago. Washington, D.C. Okay. Yeah, I guess we could have thought of that, you know. Um, we didn't San make Francisco the top 10. Right but, in Silicon uh, Valley, so they better be fast. Well, we didn't make the top 10, so. Um, nope. Uh, but it, it is a big issue for people, and uh, one of their top wants and needs when they move into their, their new house. And I think more than ever, that's one of the top questions people have is how's the internet speed. Well, the other thing you'll see is people pull their phones out all the time, especially if they're in a rural property, to see what their signal strength is out there. In the, um, um, I'm hearing music in the background. I, I think, yeah, my phone was ringing. Um, I, I, I also hear that um, uh, from, from many people, the internet has become so intricate in our daily lives that it should be considered a public utility. Um, and they should invest in the infrastructure of the internet to, you know, those parts of the country that have slow service. And I couldn't agree with that more because it's obvious that everything is going to rely on internet even more than it does already. And, um, when you get, when you get, you know, these, uh, these traffic jams on the web, it can be very, very frustrating. Um, Jim, I think we're out of time for this week. Oh, we are. Okay. For, um, I want to wish everybody a happy Memorial Day.